0: Tales from the Wild, Stories from the Heart, a journey into the mind and soul of fired-up business professionals where they share their vision for the future and hear from a different non-profit organization every month as they create awareness of their goals and their needs. Dive into a world of untamed passion as we join our host, Shireen Buerta, for this month's episode of Friends from Wild Places.
1: Well, welcome, 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 Shereenia, I'm your virtual boutique bookkeeper and QuickBooks advisor. Small business owners are tired. They are overwhelmed. Some are even trying to do their books by themselves. I know, right? Well, so many of them have neglected their books or they don't have a full understanding of where their business stands financially. I know. Well, no more. I have a solution to rescue them from that turmoil and to find that peace that they're looking for. If you want to know more, go check me out at www.dot.sherinebookkeeping.dot.com, and allow me to keep your books clean so you don't have to. Sherine's Bookkeeping Services, your bookkeeper for the future. Welcome back, listeners. You are listening to Friends from Wild Places, with myself, Sherine Boeta and my most beautiful co-host, Professor Tanya Scotesi. What news from Miami? Well,
0: happy, happy day, everyone. Happy to the listeners. And, uh, well, you know, always trying to motivate people, inspire people. So I spend a lot of time, you know, kind of self-care in that area to get the inspiration to inspire others. So already meditated twice today, and uh, hopefully I'll get a third one in a little bit later. So I'm so happy to be here with you, Shireen. And this morning we have a great, great, great podcast awaiting with Mr. Carlos Vasquez. Nice. Is that
2: me? Do I go? <laughs> you said great, so I wasn't sure if it was me or not.
0: No, nice. That's you, Carlos. That's awesome. you. That's- and I want you to introduce your friend, too.
2: My yeah. friend, no, my boss. Okay, so welcome. All right, uh, my name is Carlos Vasquez. However, I'm in her world. It's Phoebe. She's yeah. my boss. I'm just her staff member. What's I name? clean up after her. her Her name is Phoebe.
1: Phoebe, all right. Well, welcome, and,
2: Phoebe. Uh, and <laughs> she, she's not not gonna, you know. In fact, she might do something she shouldn't on camera. <laughs> I but anyways, let me introduce
1: you, Carlos, to the <laughs> sorry Carlos. Vasquez, the dynamic force behind Miami Marketer. More than just a digital marketing expert, Carlos is a marine combat veteran who applies the same discipline and strategic thinking to help service providers skyrocket their businesses from six to seven figures and beyond. At Miami Marketer, they're redefining digital marketing with innovative automation and growth strategies tailored specifically for high-ticket professionals. Let's introduce and welcome Carlos vaquez Welcome.
2: What a great intro. I-, I wonder where you got it from. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Hi. I'm happy to be here. Excited. I've heard, I've actually watched several episodes of, at first i thought it was called friends in high place i was like man what's the name of it but then i remember it's in wild places i'm like okay i think that's i'm a good fit for that for sure because i'm not in the high places yet but happy to be here happy to hang out and you guys see me at least once a week so now you guys get to hang out with me for a little bit and i get to kind of just share my thoughts and insights
1: right and we're so glad to have you and for the listeners, Tanya, myself, and Carlos, we're all part of the same networking group called Miami Partners, based in miami Dave, Florida. So we know each other quite well, and we see each other on a weekly basis, and sometimes more often than that. Um, so we're so excited to, to get into this today. So uh, should I kick us off with our quote?
2: Well, I mean, you know what, before you go into that, I'm... I'm... I'm thankful for the whole networking organization because it turns out that Tanya is not that far from my house. Like we are almost like neighbors. So, and I felt silly because, you know, it's a virtual chapter and I'm like, okay, you know what? We're just trying to connect from different places. She's like right there, like like a few blocks. So, Thank God for, for BNI. I thank God for networking. And I, I just feel networking and building relationships is a big deal. And Shereen, I, I don't think I would have ever known you if it wasn't for the fact that we were in, this, in the same networking. So I love the, the fact that we're able to kind of just come together regardless of where we are. And that's what makes our chapter special. I'm not trying to plug the chapter, but Hey, you know what? I really do feel that a chapter is, is yeah. great.
1: Yeah. And I'm so, I want to nice. oh, thank hate
0: you service, for your service to our country. It's just an amazing. I know Uh, your history that you've shared is just truly amazing. Maybe we can hear a little bit more about that in today's podcast.
2: Sure. Well, thank you. Thank you for saying that. And I would have stayed in if it wasn't for the circumstances, but I know once a Marine, always a Marine. So I'm very happy to tell everyone, whenever someone says, oh, he's an ex Marine. I'm like, "Well, wait a minute. Hold on. I'm a Marine. Once a Marine, always a Marine. So I always tell people that I love the Marine Corps out of all the services it was going to be navy cuz i wanted to be a navy seal i don't know why i thought i thought it was easy after being in the military i realized it was nothing like what i thought and then the marine corps was actually the next hardest thing that was challenging thing and you might be surprised but i was a class clown in high school so a lot of people laughed at the idea that i could actually make it in the marine corps they said that I was going to be i wasn't going to make it I might as well just quit now, ring the bell because, you know, in G.I. you have to ring a bell when you when you want to quit. We can see you ringing the bell real soon. So it turns out that I, I made it. I ended up leaving as a staff sergeant, and it was one of the best experiences ever. As a matter of fact, it's that experience, I was a Marine Corps recruiter, that I was able to really understand sales and marketing, but with a product that you can't touch, see feel it's just it's an intangible product so how do you sell four-year commitment to someone so I learned all the sales techniques and and because of that I learned everything I never want to do again and now I apply it to marketing automation and sales so that's kind of like how it all kind of ties in together plus I'm a geek as well so I guess throughout the episode we're going to learn more about that
0: amazing amazing yeah amazing
1: I love that, and I second what Tanya said. Yeah, I mean, thank you so much. I'm not even freaking USA, and I'm getting emotional. But thank you.
2: <laughs> I love your hat, by the way. It I- it's, it's you. You got you got dressed up for this podcast. I thought it was just <laughs> wow. I, I just came in a black sleeve shirt, and I, and you both of you, you guys didn't give me the memo. What's going on here? I seriously, <laughs> I would have put on a blazer.
1: Well, no, wait. I seriously have to keep up with Tanya. I mean, Tanya comes to every one of our meetings and every one of our podcasts looking so good. Hair, makeup, done on. The sp- I mean, she looks always beautiful. So I've got to keep up.
2: <laughs> right, well, next time next time I do this, I'm going to have a blazer. I got to up my game. I'm sorry about that. I'll make sure to
1: no, up my game fine. next time. <laughs> We're just glad to have you here. And yeah, so thank you so much. You are appreciated. No, Marines, marine,
2: Marines, marine, baby. Oh you know what army stands for, right?
1: No, please go ahead.
2: Army ain't ready to be a marine yet.
0: Oh, I don't. I don't make the rules. Oh, just okay. Okay, <laughs> no competition with the with the different branches uh, yeah. of service,
1: right? And um, excuse me, I get a little bit of. Yeah. Let go because I am South African. So I'm yet to learn about all the, you know, the different departments. So I'm sorry. I'll give you,
2: I'll give you a pass. No, it's okay. (laughs) But I wouldn't be a Marine if I didn't teach. That's just, you know, about that. So in fact, if I didn't say it, my Marine buddies would say, are you even a real Marine? Because you didn't correct anyone when they made the mistake. I'm like, okay, you know what? That's like an unwritten rule.
1: Right. I like that. No, I respect that. So the quote of the day is Don't stay frustrated, automate it. And listen, I couldn't find the person who quoted that. I always try and do my homework before the podcast. And for some unknown reason, I just couldn't find it. So, who's the person that came up with this quote?
2: Okay. Well, the reason why you haven't found it is because, like I said, I'm not in high places yet, but soon, hopefully, I will be in high places and everyone will see that quote. I made that quote Don't stay frustrated, automate it. And the reason why is because There Now with so much technology, AI and and obviously marketing and sales automation, even at home with the Alexa and with Google, there's so many things now that we can automate. And when you actually calculate the time you do little tasks, it all adds up. And then if you, let's say, if you put anything off all those little tasks. Oh, you know what? That's not important. I'm not going to prioritize that. Eventually they all kind of just add up, add up. And then now you're frustrated to the point where you're like, Oh my God, I got to get all this done, but I have all these other priorities that are more important, but now I'm just in this, like this hole of lack of productivity. So you get frustrated and that's where I always say, you know what? Automate the things that are repeatable, that are obvious process and then from there, you know, you won't be frustrated because you know the important things. They're not important until they all add up. And that's why I, I dubbed the don't stay frustrated automated because you can automate just about anything, well, uh-huh. mostly anything. But now with AI. Oof, it's a whole different level. I well,
0: see some it promo items in your future. Say again? Oh, I see some promo items in your future with your quote. T-shirts. Some hats, merch. Sweatshirts, some merch, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
2: shout out to Jessica Signs the promo person in our chapter so all right jessica you know what no, you no. got a referral coming up
0: it's sold. It's sold. It hit the first
1: hat okay just saying
0: all
2: Absolutely. right it's only it's only right
1: and uh, listeners you heard it here first eh? so if you hear that quote anywhere else you know it was from carlos Vesquez. that is the founder of that quote so you heard it here first <laughs> i've got so much to say when we go into automation and all that tech side of things. But before we do, I just wanted to have a little bit of an introduction discussion. It's, you know, this episode is going to be released in the month of love, the month of February 2024. So because of that, I just wanted to chat a little bit about the five love languages. I'm not sure... If both of you have heard about the five love languages or if you know anything about it, no? Okay.
2: No, right. I so don't. Tanya, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a book. Well, Okay, so well, Tonya is saying a
1: book. yes and Carlos is saying no. Okay, <laughs> so let me just give you a little bit of an introduction, just a rough thing so we can chat a few minutes about it. So the five love languages are five different ways of expressing and receiving love. The five different ways being words of affirmation quality time receiving gifts acts of service and physical touch so for example what is my love language well that that's pretty easy that would definitely be the quality time so for me if you take the time and you know and i'm going to add on to that if you also know the favorite things that i like doing and then choose to do that with me and spend time with me that is loving me well that's a hundred percent loving me in my language personally what about you tanya since you you actually know a little bit about this
0: yeah so i actually have used it actually in the classroom so carlos just to give you a little bit more in depth on it so There's a book on it, there's an online assessment, and we all have all five components right there's all different things that we all like to do, but it's kind of like they'll say like your top two or your top three or your top one, which one is that and what really helps as far as whether it's you know interpersonal like friendship or partner or whatever capacity is, for example, let's say someone is about quality time. And you happen to think it's gifts. So you're buying them gifts thinking that that's making them happy. When in fact, they would rather just spend time with you. And the gifts don't really mean anything. Okay. So I use that definitely um, in previous careers. I use it in the classroom. So to answer your question, Shireen. So the top two for me, I would definitely say one is a physical touch. And second would be acts of service. Those are my top two.
1: Nice. What about yourself, Carlos?
2: Okay, so I actually did know this when you said it. I was like, I recognize this. My memory sucks. So you know what? Now that you said it, okay, yeah, I remember. And you know what, Tanya, I actually I'm in the same boat as you. I don't know. There's something about touch that, especially by the by someone you actually love, that really you. I feel it not just on the superficial level, but I actually feel it on the inside. It could be just basic things like you know, just a kiss uh, on you know, on the cheek when you're sleeping. I feel it more when my wife caresses my arm. I love that when she caresses the back of my head. Sure, you know, I've had girlfriends in the past touch me in the head, but it's not the same when it's someone you actually love. So yeah, touching is a big deal for me. That's actually my my first thing. If your touch doesn't make me feel like special, then it's a, it's a red flag, right? So luckily for my wife and I. I love when she touches me, we'll leave it there. And then the second thing <laughs> is acts of service. So I love it when you do things for me when when I don't expect it from you. It's just a magical thing. I mean, I don't mind asking for things, but no, I, I don't want to be in a position where I expect you to do things no matter what. However... There are certain things like, oh my God, you actually listened to what I said. I, I wasn't actually talking to you, but you heard me, and you actually bought that, or it's I'm not gifts, but like you actually did that or whatever. That's special to me as well. So I would say those two are my my uh, favorite or primary love communication techniques. Nice.
0: I think it helps in like around holiday times because knowing somebody's love language it's like sometimes we are conditioned I don't know about South Africa Shereen but especially like in the United States with you know holidays and gifts it's mostly tangible gifts you buy someone something right as opposed to maybe giving somebody a coupon like oh quality time like let's go to the park or you know let's just spend some time on the couch together like there's different ways to give a gift but our society definitely I would say is conditioned about you know tangible items for gifts.
1: Right. Yeah. Right. That
2: that makes sense. Yeah. The touching and the in the service. Like I was just thinking about the other day my wife just I came home from the gym and she just cooked me this high protein meal. I did not ask her to do it but the fact that she did it I was like wow, it's special. So.
1: Right. Yeah. No, I like that and even if you don't have a significant other wife or husband You can do it in your friendships, in your business relationships. I've always known that. It's something I've picked up in early stages of my friendship with Tanya. She does enjoy words of affirmation. So I do try my best and just send in her encouraging words. So yeah, it's applicable in any sort of a relationship. Yeah. So I love that. So yeah. I enjoy that little piece. So, if you are listening and you understand about love languages, why don't you think for a moment of your loved ones, friends, uh, your work colleagues, what are those love languages that they need, and maybe do something in their language? So, good tip. Right before we continue, I'm just going to jump in with a Buzzsprout ad. So. Let's talk about podcasting, right? Because Carlos has a podcast, we've got a podcast. Podcasting is very popular. So if you are looking to start one, listen to this. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners and the team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed. Join over a hundred thousand podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. When I started this podcast, podcast. I didn't know where to begin and was quite overwhelmed, but using Buzzsprout makes it super easy and straightforward. To start your own podcast and get a $20 Amazon gift card, follow the link in the show notes. This lets Buzzsprout know we sent you, and it really does help support the show. Buzzsprout, let's create something great together. So as we continue with this episode, I have a couple of questions for you, Carla. So before we get into it, I just want you to just tell the listeners a little bit about who you are and just the background so we can relate a little bit to you.
2: All right. Well, okay. Whew. Good thing we blocked we out a good amount of time for this. I'm going to try to keep it as short as possible. So I've always been a computer geek. All right, so there's two things. Uh, entrepreneurship, I got bit by the bug, I want to say 1992. All right. Or even maybe a little bit before that. And the reason why I say that is because that's when Hurricane Andrew hit. I've always liked something uh, um, around like organizing, com- coming together for a purpose and then kind of just servicing people. So basically, that's I did not know at the time, but that was basically entrepreneurship and business, finding a problem and, and coming up with solutions to fix it. So why 1992 Hurricane Andrew? Well, because I lived in Miami Beach at the time. And uh, all of our power went out when Hurricane Andrew hit. We got hit pretty hard. I mean, not like Homestead, but we got hit pretty hard. And all of our power went out. Everything was just done. So we were like two weeks or so without power. And it was right before the school year. And, you know, back, back in the day, we used to play outside. You know, that was, that was our internet, that was our entertainment. So I would play outside or whatever. And I lived literally like five minutes walking distance from the beach, maybe 10, 10 minutes or so. And all these coconuts fell all these coconuts and there was a shopping cart there. And I said, you know what? Let me just load up the shopping cart with a bunch of coconuts. I started, you know, pushing the coconuts back to my house. I'm thinking, I don't know what I'm going to do with these, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take these home with me. And uh, one lady uh, saw me pushing. He said, hey, and in Spanish, hey, kid. And I was like, hey, son los coco? how much are the coconuts? And I was like, me just thinking, cinco pesos, $5. And she went inside. I didn't think anything of it. I thought, okay, that's interesting. She came out and she says, Te doy veinte y dame cinco. I'll give you 20 and you give me five. And I'm thinking, oh, wow. I just came out with a promotion and I just gave <laughs> I gave her five coconuts. They're not mine. I mean, I just found them on the freaking the beach and I guess she was helping me out or whatever. And and sure enough, I, I just started selling coconuts on my way back. I sold most of them on the way back home and eventually I sold all the coconuts. And that right there, I realized, oh my God, I there's no power. There's nothing. And coconuts are, you know, they have water and they have food in it and it's whatever. It's, it's an easy thing that you can consume. And that was it. I was really like, okay, I want to keep doing this. So that's it. That was my entrepreneurship bug. And I always want to come up with different ideas. Also, I came back eventually. Right. And, um, I had a Tandy 1000 computer. <clears throat> so my dad, he was a b- very big, in, you know, computers and tech. And this is this is windows 3.0 arrow, whatever. And and I saw that and I was intrigued, but I wanted to play games. So that's what it was. So he eventually got me a computer, a Tandy 1000, that's no alarm in existence that had like this green monitor. And, and I'm making this little hand gesture. I don't know if you don't see it, but the reason why I do this is because if you were to grab your nail and rub it on the monitor, it's like, it sounds like a little zipper effect. So that's how old school I had. It was like a green monitor with these lines and I learned how to, deal with DOS and how to start a game and how to do little silly things like run the commands and make the text go crazy. It was a bunch of cool stuff. To me, this was fascinating. And eventually my dad saw that intrigue and that interest. He wanted to kind of just keep it going. So he got me another computer with a that was a little bit faster that can do a lot more. And that's it. It just kept on going from there. Windows 95 came out. So I became like a very big uh, self-educated computer geek. I, I He had all these books. I would read them. I would apply them. And it went from there. If you fast forward to 1997, Microsoft front page 97 came out. So now I learned how to create websites on my own right? by playing with it, copying code, pasting it in, in front page and, and just seeing how it all works. And then I learned how to create websites. And then I got involved with a bunch of other computer geeks and we were sharing different things. We were sharing... Uh, tips and tricks and we were in this we called it irc at the time internet relay chat that was our our chat place um and then aol became even more popular and then i started going in there and then with all that i wanted to join the marine corps as a computer guy because i'm thinking you know what i'll be in the marines in the toughest service and i'll be a computer guy all right i'll be a tough geek that's that was the idea and nobody thought i could do it and uh whatever We'll, we'll get to that bridge in a second. Now, I went to the recruiting station, and there's a test that you have to take. It's called the ASVAB, the aptitude, whatever, some basically the entrance exam to join the military. And there's a score you have to get for different types of jobs. I wanted to be a computer guy. So I took the test, and I've never been a good test taker, all right? And I got a 38. We're talking about a score from zero to 100. To be a computer person, you basically have to have like a 50 or 60 or and above. I got a 38. All right. Listen, they had algebra on there. They had, they had all these things that that you know I didn't care, but I just took the test and I passed it enough, with enough score to pass it. And the ASVAB had it, and I needed it, and I couldn't get past 38. The minimum score to join the Marines is 30. I got 38. Okay, so the recruiter said, okay, you want to be a computer guy, Carlos? Let's not enlist you yet. Let's wait 30 days for you to retake the test. So that way you can try to be a computer geek. All right, cool. So I waited 30 days. I studied, I studied, whatever. I just figured, you know what? I'll take it more serious next time. I don't know what, why I thought this. And sure enough, I went ahead. I took the test and my vocabulary was good, but it wasn't that great. And then I gave it the booklet back to the proctor and the proctor says, all right, uh, all right, you good news. You passed. And I was like, all right, great. Oh, is this a is this the second time you took it? I was like, yeah, I took it a second time. Oh, okay. Uh, What did you get last time? I said, oh, I got a 38. He goes, oh, well, at least you're consistent. And could that word didn't really resonate in my head i'm thinking what the hell does he mean so i look at my score sure enough i still got a 38 so i didn't get to join the marines as a computer guy i ended up joining as an ammunition technician something completely unrelated to what i am today however the principles and the fundamentals from ammunition technician i learned a
0: lot from that tune in next week for part two from friends from wild places You've been listening to Friends from Wild Places with Shireen Bueta. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast from the links to catch every episode and unleash your passion.